Wikipedia defines an interracial marriage as a form of marriage outside a specific social group involving spouses who belong to different races or racialized ethnicities. In the past, it was illegal to marry someone who was a different race than you in the United States. Interracial marriage did not become legal throughout the U.S. until 1967 following a decision from a Supreme Court case Loving versus Virginia. There's also a movie about this couple and their wonderful love story. But more than half a century later, people still gawk at couples who are viewed as uncommon. But isn't love really just love, no matter who it involves? My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you have found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. This is episode 206, Calling Reed, Party of Six. My next guests, Deshauna King and her fiancé, Chris Reed, are striving for more by taking another shot at marriage and preparing to blend their families together. They are also an interracial couple. Although interracial couples are not as taboo as they used to be, there are still issues that may arise. Deshauna is an elementary and middle school administrator and educational consultant, and her future husband is a business development manager. Both Deshauna and Chris have been married before and both have children from previous relationships. In this episode, she and her future husband will tell us a little bit about her blessing from falling in love with a man she has known for almost 30 years and how they are navigating an interracial relationship and, and blending their families together. Hi, Deshauna and Chris. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on my show. How are you doing? Fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Really good. Yeah, really good. Oh, that's so awesome. My first question, of course, this is the one question everyone wants to know from every couple. How did you two meet? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Deshauna, I'll let you take the first time we met, and then I'll go with when we re-met. Okay. So the first time we met, I was, I want to say, I was, I think I was 12, and Chris was 10. We went to the same middle school together. Not even 10. I think it was probably like 11 and 13, probably more like that, 6th grade and 8th grade. Um, his sister and I were friends, and I knew Chris, but not as closely as 
I probably would have wanted to back then, I guess. Um, he was always someone that really stuck out. And, of course, like at first when you're like eighth grade and sixth grade, you're not really thinking really along those lines, you know. But still, I mean, he was always cute. I was always cute, you know, and just didn't really pay any attention to it. Uh, we did go to the same high school for two years. And, again, like I said, his sister and I were friends. And at some time, there's a tendency for relationships to go real, real bad when you're friends with the sibling of the person. And so I didn't say much. I always noticed him because he's very, very tall. And he was always super athletic, really funny, really outgoing, even though he liked to say he was really shy back then. Um, but you wouldn't have known it by the way that he presented himself. He was just one of those guys that there was just something really special about him. And if I knew then what I know now, I would have said something, uh, but I didn't. And there were other people that also thought that he was very noticeable also. And so, of course, girls talk. And so there were conversations about him. And, of course, I mean, I would hear them and I wouldn't say anything because um, that just wasn't my way. But he was always just that guy that just wasn't like the other guys. There was just something about him that just wasn't typical high school guy. Uh, so then he went off to a different high school in his sophomore, junior year. I think he was going into his junior year, and at that point um, we were graduating. And so I went off to college, and then he went off to his high school and then went off to college, and that's just pretty much how it went from there. And so a lot of years went by. We talked, but not really like conversational, like Facebook. Like that's kind of our talking, if you will. Um, but other than that, we really hadn't had much communication outside of, like, Facebook Messenger, and it was always very respectful. It was never one of those weird things. Um, it was always just a friendship. It was very much that. And so now that brings him to the time we remit. So, yeah, I, it wasn't like I was sliding into her DMs or anything inappropriate because, to be honest, I thought she was still married. Um, I was divorced and had moved back to Houston, and um, I post a lot of, like, real-life, not just, like, like chintzy, encouraging things, but some, like, real-life things that's kind of what I do on Facebook when I do post. It's more like uh, real life, and tr I try to be an encouragement, try to shed a little bit of light wherever I can. Well, it just so happened that Deshauna sent me a message about some of my posts and said, hey, I don't... I don't know if anyone ever tells you this, but your posts have really meant a lot to me lately. And I was kind of lonely in Houston. Um, I mean, I was back with my parents at, you know, almost 40 years old and missing the heck out of my kids. And, you know, friends, you know, it's not that they're not friends, but they had their own lives. They had their wives and their kids and, you know, their careers. And there just wasn't a lot of interaction. So I just not thinking anything of it was like, man, I appreciate that so much that you would reach out and let me know that, that it's an impact. By the way, do you want to go like catch up? Cause it's been like at least like around 25 years since we've seen each other. It'd be cool just to catch up and see what life's been like. And I was like, you know, if you're open to that, I'd be happy to like come get you and go have coffee or if you're okay with dinner or, you know, I was very, gentle and very nervous at the same time with it. And so she said, yes, um, we ended up going out and staying out way too late for a work night. 
and it just kind of blossoms <laughs> yeah, from there. That's awesome. So, y'all met in middle school, and then the lovely Facebook brought you two back together. So then after the marriage proposal, what did each of your families think? Were they accepting, or did they have concerns? I'll take this one well, first. So <laughs> do you want to do it? You want to, you want to tell your side, or you want me to tell why? Uh, you tell your side first, and then I'll tell my family's deal. Okay. Well, my family, okay, so in all honesty, both of my parents have since passed. And so, of course, they weren't able to be present for any of that. And Chris is so much of a gentleman, like, to the extreme gentleman, and I absolutely love that about him because it's just it's just something that I don't know. It's just soul filling when when he is the way that he is, especially when he does all of his gentlemanly things. But he probably would have asked my dad. I mean, that's just kind of the way that he is, and gotten his approval. Um, he did, however, ask um, the two that I have. Of course, we consider all four of them ours, but the, my half of the kids. He did ask them first how they felt about it, and if they would be okay with him proposing and what that meant. And he took my daughter to pick out the ring and all kinds of really fun stuff with that. So they all knew. So they were ecstatic about it. Um, I would say more distant family was like, wow, that's really great. If you're happy, I'm happy. Um, more immediate family, no. My sisters were not at all happy about that, no. Um, they felt like it was too soon. They felt like, um, the relationship that I was coming out of, I should have been significantly more wounded and needed a lot more time to recover from it than I took. And so, no, they were not at all. Um, as it stands now, they've accepted the fact that that's um, what I've chosen to do, that Chris is who I'm marrying, and that we have a really great life. Um, they haven't met him yet. I don't know when they will. If they are open to doing so, then that's fantastic. If not, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but I wouldn't say that they're not particularly accepting. They're just not – I think for them it doesn't have anything to do with who he is. It has more to do with the amount of time that they felt I should have taken uh, from my previous marriage to um, being with Chris. Interesting. So, Chris, what about your family? So, my family was a little bit different, and, and it's funny because the very person that kept Deshauna from speaking to me in high school unintentionally and unknowingly um, became her biggest advocate, and it was my sister. Nice. And so I made a point because I'm, I'm still a mama's boy. I'm almost 40 now. I'm 39, and I'm still a mama's boy, and I don't have any problem with that. Um, and <laughs> – I'm, I want. I was excited. I wanted them to meet her, so I set up a dinner with my mom, and somehow my sister in, ended up being invited as well. And then my mom was just blown away and became her biggest cheerleader. And now it's cute. They have like Deshauna and my mom have like a monthly date where they go and just go to dinner, hang out, talk, whatever. Um, and so my sister really became an advocate. The only person that offered any opposition whatsoever was my dad at first. And it wasn't so much based on race because my first marriage was also an interracial marriage. And so he was just more concerned with the narcissism and the abuse and making sure that I wasn't putting myself in that situation again. It didn't take long at all for Deshauna to completely 
win him over to where now he is like a a big time fan of Deshauna. Um, it's cute. They're like little best buds. I did ask her kids, and it's funny. I don't I don't want to get off on a too deep of a rabbit hole here, but like I have these weird things spiritually that happen, where uh, like sometimes I get impressions, and sometimes I like get messages from God and even sometimes from like past loved ones. And I was able, uh, this one conversation I'll never forget. Um, I was actually praying with Deshaun and then her father really came through strongly and I had never met him in my adult life. I'm sure I saw him at, at high school cause he came to the football games and all that, but he came through really strongly and was just like, I really like this guy. And he told me some things to tell her, to where she would know it was him. She cried, I cried. It was it was beautiful. So it's almost like even though I didn't get to ask them in person, I got their blessing. Um, and the kids were excited. Like she said, Kendall, her daughter, went with me to pick out the ring. Her son, Raiden, and, and Kendall both knew before I proposed exactly what I was going to do when we went on the trip to New York. And Deshauna, bless her heart, had no idea whatsoever. So... Oh, that's awesome. That's It's always a beautiful thing when you have families on each side that are supportive because marriage is, you know, as you've both been married before, it's difficult. And if you don't have that support system surrounding you with love and encouragement, it can be difficult. So I want to get into uh, interracial couples and interracial dating. You know, it's interesting that people seem to think we must marry someone who looks very similar to ourselves. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. Why do you think that is? You know, for me, what I had always heard, and when I say always, I mean um, just as Chris had mentioned, his previous marriage was an interracial one, too, and mine was also um, so this ain't my first rodeo. But what I would always hear primarily from black people was that you can't be with someone who doesn't look like you because they don't understand the struggle. They don't understand what it's like. This is just another man trying to take our our women away. Um, just things like that. And then I would get comments, not with Chris, but before I would get comments like, you know, you can always come back home, as if somehow I was, committing some sort of cardinal sin because I was with someone who did not look like me. Um, and so I feel like for the most part when people elect to be with someone who is of the same race, it probably has to do a lot with being able to identify or feeling like they have the ability to identify with that person on not just the relationship level but also on the racial level. Um, I think maybe it also has to do somewhat with family. There are some families, of course, that would not be okay with me bringing somebody like Chris home, like if that were the case. Um, my family is not that way, but I know that um, at least initially there was a little bit of apprehension on my parents' part, mainly because of the fact that they had friends who um, also were in interracial marriages back in, like, the 60s, 70s, when it was still extremely taboo, and they caught a lot of flack, and it was really difficult for them um, having to go so far as to live in very remote areas so they didn't have a lot of people that would be around them that would say things or judge. So I would imagine 
that that probably would be the reason why someone would be so adamant about marrying someone within their own race. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? I mean, I have a different perspective, and maybe maybe I blend in really easily because of the fact of, like, most of my friends growing up were not white guys. I was a basketball player in inner city school and also played football. I was a decent athlete. And so just naturally, like, a lot of my friends were Hispanic, African-American. Um, but I know for me, I was one of three white guys in our district for basketball, and it was it was more diverse in football but in basketball I was one of three guys and the only one who wasn't like Paul Wall or um, you know just totally like full on hip hop culture I was just me um, and, and yeah you get looks you get comments but it's for me it's almost like it's energizing and my perspective is different my perspective is that we're the human race and so yeah your skin's darker yes there are but but to be sensitive to it there are cultural differences of course there are and there's comedy about it there's tragedy about it but like at the end of the day we make this thing work um and in really what anybody else thinks about us is none of our business so uh i really am totally unbothered by it. yeah of course from time to time we get looks we, we live in a golf course community and yeah there's times when uh, it's it's a weird mix. There's people who are like, oh, that's Deshauna. We love her. Who's this guy? And then there's other times when the looks are like, who is this mixed couple in our little golf club community? And really, it it does not impact me at all. So yeah, it's always amazing, yeah. even in the 21st century, that you know people can uh, you know be so close-minded. My next question is: so sometimes people date outside of their race because of a bad previous experience or a particular bias they have against their own race. What do you say to that? Do you have any opinions on that? I don't think for me that, that was the case. It was, it was never just uh, like, oh, I can't date a white girl or a Hispanic girl because I've, I've dated girls of different ethnicities since high school. And it just, I don't know, I don't want to sound corny, but like I've always been attracted to, like I've always been down with Brown and, like, at first, I was scared to death of what my parents or, or my grandfather might think. But, like, it was funny because the first time I brought a girl around that wasn't a white girl, he pulled me aside, and he was the most welcoming and warm and, like, Christ-like answer that could have possibly happened. He said, look, the skin doesn't matter. Like, you all bleed red, and at the end of the day, nothing else matters other than your love for each other. And that kind of stuck with me. So it doesn't matter. Um, for me, it never really was about the culture or I can't date a white girl because of this prejudice or paradigm that I have in my mind. It wasn't that at all. Thanks. Deshauna, what about you? For me, no. And interestingly enough, um, all of my boyfriends in high school, which I wasn't supposed to have, but I did anyway, but all of them, with the exception of one that my parents absolutely hated, who they hated him, um, all of them except for him were black. And so the misconception of, that people had of me back then was that I only dated white dudes, but they didn't realize that there had been other dudes before that guy that were black. And it just didn't work out. And so... 
in dating that one, I mean, he wasn't the right one, thanks to Jesus. But nonetheless, in dating him, that was when I first started to hear. And I had already, I already knew what people's biases were in general. And there were already those that people um, had with me in general because of the neighborhood that we lived in. Uh, because of the fact that my we did we didn't we did live in I would say it was kind of upper middle class back then I would say um, we were right across the school it was a really nice house and it's always dealt very well appointed very well decorated my parents had dinner parties with you know some pretty well to do people and so there was always this misconception by people back then specifically um, some of the girls that I went to school with that oh, well, she thinks she's better than us, and she thinks she's like one of them white girls, and that wasn't the case. Um, and so in terms of, like, who I ended up dating, I dated whoever it was that resonated with me at the time. And it didn't make any difference to me what the paint job was. What mattered to me was how did they come across to me. And so um, ultimately, yeah, I did end up marrying a white man. But that's not to say that I wouldn't have married a black man if, it was a relationship that resonated. If it was something where we really just clicked and everything just vibed just right, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't have married a black man. So, no, the reason that I'm with Chris is because I absolutely adore his soul, and he is an incredible human being. And every day is just better than the day before it. He's just a really amazingly beautiful human being. And so I really could care less what his paint job is. I care about who he is. I love that, Deshauna. It doesn't matter what his paint job is. I love it. I love it. So let me ask the two of you. Um, are there any differences besides race that have presented a challenge in your relationship? And if so, how have you resolved it or, or has it been resolved? I I think that one of the most beautiful things about our relationships and, and, well, our relationship in general is that we're not the kind of people that feel like, okay, we've got it all figured out, everything is great, done deal. We're just not that. We're not those people that ever feel like you fully arrived. And we do believe that marriage is a process and it's a journey. And so um, for us, we, I don't think that we're ever going to be at a place where we feel like, okay, we don't ever have anything that we need to work on. Um, and I feel like my parents did it really well, too. They were married for 56 years. And I feel like for them, they also continue to do the same thing. They continue to learn each other, and they continue to work through things because, of course, your point of view changes. Um, and so for us, I think the only thing really for us that we're working through, just like anyone who has kids, is the parenting part. That's really it. Um, we have four kids that are 10, two 12-year-olds, and an 18-year-old. And so we got a lot of kids, which is fantastic. But <laughs> that is always – I love it. I love it. I love it that we have so many children. love all the babies. But it's a challenge because not only do we have four, but we have them from different relationships, right, coming from very different dynamics. And I would say that the parenting piece, the blending piece, the, the kids have really done it on their own. It just was one of those absolutely beautiful situations where they were like, oh, 
I love you. And it was it, it was like from week one, day one with them. And we're like, you know, we were all concerned mm-hmm. about, okay, what's this going to be like? Is everything going to be okay? Are they going to like each other? What do we do? And for them, they were just like, oh, you look like me. Okay, this is great. And so they just, they're like that. The girls are inseparable. They just are. If you didn't know that they weren't, like, biological sisters, you, you just, yeah, you would just assume that they were because they are thick as these. They're always together when, when they have the opportunity to be together. Um, and the boys, it's really neat because the oldest is mine. He's 18. And um, the other 12-year-old is, is Chris's. And they're so similar. And it's, there's times when I look at Christopher and I'm like, man, that is like a miniature version of my big boy. I swear, it's like looking at, back in time at when he was that age and how he was still, like, fully enamored with things and just was so curious and hadn't become quite so cynical, you know. And so it's, it's really been a beautiful experience. But I think the parenting piece has probably been the thing because that's just the way that it is, you know. Parenting is one of those things that – you just kind of have to take each situation as it comes. And because we're coming from, you know, different relationships and, and different experiences with, with raising kids, coming up with how we as a couple, we as a family function is one of those things that I think we're always going to be working through. We'll get to a place where we're more expert level at it, but I don't think that it's going to be a thing where we're just, oh, we don't need to do any more with this until they're older and they have their own bills, and then that's nice. I don't know. Chris, what about I you? I think I, I, I mirror that to an extent. I think that the best thing about both of us is that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, no. I get an equal amount of hysterical laughter and tears and her telling me I cannot roll my eyes any harder at you right now because I am – very unpredictable at times, but um, I'm also a lot like I, I'm I'm equal parts of a whole bunch of stuff. It's almost like when God made me, He's like, "What happens if you throw everything?" And so, <laughs> I mean, it's a I mean I'm like, yeah, it's just it's if so I just crazy. mix everything in and <laughs> let's see what happens. It's so I mean, there's times when I'm really intense. There's times when I'm the most laid back person in the room, no matter who's in the room. And then I'm like some things I could care less about. And then other things I'm borderline OCD with. Um, and, you know, with the parenting thing, I find it's, it's interesting because there's certain things that's like really like just drive Deshauna up the side of the wall that don't bother me in the slightest. And then there's other things yeah. that like I'm about ready to like, have steam coming out of my ears. My, my ticks are totally different and it's little stuff that I just, I'm very much on like excellence and, and like this should happen because like it was, you know, if I just cleaned out the dishes out of the sink and they're clean, like don't come back child one through four and leave a plate with ketchup drying on it or ramen noodle sauce stuck on the side of the bowl you know, like little things like that are the things that bother me. But like the the big things, I'm just like, ah, right, it's no big deal. Um, so, but we we laugh a lot at each other and at ourselves, and I think that's what makes the issues not really so big of issues because we know, like, 
we don't have this thing figured out. We're not trying to present a false picture here that uh, that we're perfect by any means, but we embrace the challenge every day, and we show up every day. And hopefully today I'm a little mm-hmm. bit better than I was yesterday. And And mm-hmm. I think we're also always studying. So for me, that was one of the commitments I made to Deshauna when we first started dating, when, we, when it started getting serious, was like, I'm always going to study you, so tomorrow I'm going to know you better than I did today. And I feel like I've held true to that, and also with the kids. Like, there's certain things, like with my son, that don't work with Raiden or Kendall, that or things that work with Shiloh that don't work with Kendall or Christopher. And so I study, and there's, there's certain things that uh, – our approaches may be different, but our, our end game is the same. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's what keeps it all held together is we have a common goal. All right, Chris. I see you got your pen and paper out. Oh, always going to study Deshauna. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Men, yes. please take me. <laughs> so, yes. Guys, reunite yes. love. Yes, reunite love. Second shot at marriage, blending families together. So, what advice would you give couples who are pretty much in the same situation you guys are in? Hmm. hmm. What would you say, baby? You want me to go what first, you or you? Think? Oh, you want me to go first? Yes. I'm ready. I was yes. already ready. I was. I, was I know. First, if you want to. Been you I would say. <laughs> number one thing I would say is like. What what happens in your household, make it a team. Like, make it a team thing, whatever name. Like, we're Reed Party of Six. That is our thing. Hashtag RP6. That's what we do. That's our little joke, Reed Party of Six. But we have an identity as a family. Um, that really helps to realize, like, look, we're all family in this. We're always in this together. Um, secondly, I'll say don't take yourself too seriously. Um, realize, like, keep the, end, the, the common goal the common goal, and that's love. Like, if, if love is your guide, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip and fall, but you know what? You'll get back up. And then when you cover that with grace and you don't hold somebody to a standard that you couldn't possibly live up to your, on your own, when you don't take yourself too seriously, you can laugh at your own mess-ups. Um, it just makes the ride a lot easier. And um, I think the last thing is, like, like, focus on your tribe. Who cares what anybody else has to say? Now, I'm I'm real patient with certain things, but, like, I think the only thing that I would, if somebody came at my family sideways, we'd have a major problem. But outside of that, I don't care what their opinion is. Just don't disrespect my wife or my kids, and we're good. Like, you can have whatever opinion you want, and it won't affect me in the slice. I will sleep just the same at night. But if you can focus on just keeping the, the common goal, the common goal, and worrying about you and yours and not get so caught up on what so-and-so on social media or – so-and-so at the restaurant that's looking at you sideways, who cares? Like, hey, smile for them. Tell them to take a picture. Um, I'm, I think that's the biggest thing is to just don't let the outside things get in the way of what's really happening on the inside. Deshaun? I would say advice. Definitely grant each other a lot of grace. It's not that it's all that easy sometimes. Because sometimes you don't feel like doing that. But realistically speaking, that's probably going to be the most important piece of advice that I could give to somebody is to grant each other grace. Allow one another to be who they are so long as, there is one caveat, so long as what you are doing, what you are being is the absolute best you've got every day. 
whatever that best is, and you know it. And if if you're with someone like I am with Chris, who is your absolute biggest cheerleader, but because we love each other so deeply and so much, we will also tell each other about themselves. Like if I am not firing on all cylinders, he's going to tell me, hey, you're not firing on all cylinders right now, and I really want to grant you some grace, but I need to understand what's going on. And I do the same for him. Are you ready to talk about what's going on? Because I feel it and I see it, and I really want to grant you grace on this, but I need to understand where it is that you need me. Help me understand what's going on. So I think that that is super important. Um, the other part, I think, that would, another piece of advice, rather, that I would give to someone um, is to do like Chris was saying, you know, really focus on what's most important. And it's not what anybody else has to say. Um, I, I say this a lot to people. I would rather have a life that is versus a life that looks like it is. I really am very adamant about that. I'm not really interested in what it looks like because the Facebook relationships are fantastic, but you're only seeing a snapshot. When you zoom out, does the picture still look the same or are you just seeing a small portion? And so for me, the biggest piece of advice is really just focus on what is, not what it looks like. Um, And then I would also say the last piece of advice, and there's so many, (laughs) there's so many pieces, I'm trying not to be long-winded about it, but be each other's absolute ride or die, too. Like, there's really not a single solitary thing that I would not do for Chris. And when he does something that he is excited about and he is proud of, man, I'm clapping the loudest. And I'm probably wearing a T-shirt with his face on it, and there's some music, <laughs> and there might be some fireworks because I'm extra, whatever. But And I love that. And he is the same for me. Like, he is clapping the loudest, and he pushes me to do things that I probably wouldn't normally do. And I think I do the same for him. But we are each other's ride or die. Like, that is it. And even as much as we love our kids, we are each other's ride or die because one day our kids are going to grow up and they're going to go off to college or enlist like our oldest is going to do very soon, and they'll be gone. And all that is left if we've done it right is us. And so we have got to have already built a really good foundation for the rest of our life, whether our kids are there or not. So I would say those things definitely grant a lot of grace. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I usually ask my guests one last question. It has nothing to do with the topic <laughs> that we've been talking about. Okay. It's a personal thing. So, uh, Chris, Deshauna, if you could go back and tell your younger self one thing, what would you say oh, to her or him? <laughs> one thing, what would you say? Hmm. That's a lot deeper than the surface of that question. (laughs) I got it. You want mine? I got it. I would say if I could go back and say to my younger self one thing, it would be you're enough. Mm. That would be it. Mm. You're enough. That's awesome. Chris? Ooh, that was one of them. Uh, (laughs) There's like a hundred things that just went through my mind right there on that. Um, That's definitely up there. I think uh, what I would add to that, for me personally, I would tell my younger self to go for it. 
I spent a lot of time playing it safe because I didn't want to hurt anyone or um, because I, I gifted in certain ways that are weird to some people. And so I tried to play small. So if I could go back and tell my younger self anything, I would say, just go for it. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That's what I would say. Okay. Well, guys, that's our time. I really appreciate you. And I just wish you two the best of luck. You have an amazing story, and I'm just glad that you're united and, you know, you're blending your families together, and it's wonderful that your kids are getting along. And so I just wish nothing but blessings and continued growth for the both of you and your entire family. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Marriage is difficult enough without the added challenge of the partners being different. Ultimately, as the Reeves expressed, it's about the support you have for each other. People will always have opinions about your life and how you should live it. Block out these judgments and prejudices and enjoy your love journey. Why waste time worrying about what others' opinions are when you could be making memories to share with your grandchildren. True love is unbiased, unconditional, and natural. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you would like to leave me a review on Apple or Google or whatever podcast catcher that you are listening to this podcast on, please do so. You can also visit my website at www.striveformorepodcast.com. That's strive, the number four, morepodcast.com. And you can find out more information about Deshauna and Chris and their family. Again, thank you so much for listening. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now.